Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and I am so happy to be here with you today starting season two. You all, I cannot believe it has been a year of Love Offering Podcast interviews. And as I reflect on 2019, I am just grateful. I'm grateful to the Lord for bringing so many incredible women into my life that I otherwise would have never met. I'm thankful for my guests, for the women who have shared their stories with me and with you, how they've loved well, where they are with the gifts that they have been given. And then I'm also thankful for you. I'm thankful for you listening every week. I'm thankful for your support and your feedback and for your encouragement. You all have been a love offering back to me, and I'm, and I'm grateful. You know, when I started this podcast, the goal was to celebrate and catalyze extraordinary givers. Because God first loved us, we are then to love Him with our lives and love other people with our lives to point them to Jesus and then in hopes that they will then spend eternity in heaven with Him too. But I started to notice that like this seemed... I understood what to do, understood the goal, but I didn't really understand how do I how do I get there? How do I do this? It just seemed too complicated to me. And so I wanted to hear from other women, how are you living out your faith? And so that's what I tried to do this past year. I wanted to listen. I wanted to listen to my guests and how they're doing it. And what I found was that it was all very different. Everybody was living out their faith differently because, you know, we're all, we we all have different gifts. We all have different talents. We're all in different places. We all um, have different characteristics that God has specifically given each and every one of us. But I found that the end goal is the same to to point people to Jesus and help them to spend eternity in heaven. Um, But the way that we arrive at that goal looks differently. And, And God designed it that way. And it's been so interesting to hear how women are doing it. And I hope and pray as it has me, I hope it's encouraged and inspired you to do the same, to live out your faith um, and point people to Jesus. And so this week and this year, we're doing the same thing. So each week on the show, I'm going to invite a new friend onto the show to chat about how she is living out her faith. And so I can't think of a better way to start the new year and season two than to chat with my friend Aaron L. Todd. We are talking about our physical and spiritual and emotional health and how all of these are connected. So here is Aaron's bio. Aaron is a wife, dog mom, attorney by day and writer by night, living in St. Petersburg, Florida. As a redhead who battled insecurity and body image issues for over 30 years, she now claims the concept of being both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously. Her blog, Ginger in Progress, was born from a spiritual awakening two years ago where Jesus set her free from diet prison and inspired her to discover the faith-fueled, freedom-filled, and abundant life after dieting. She is currently writing an interactive anti-diet devotional book to empower and equip women to follow Jesus, not diets, and will be launching the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast in 2020. 
So, all right, friends, thank you so much for joining us this week. Here is my conversation with Aaron. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast, Erin. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for having me, Rachel. You authentically share your story about insecurity, body image, disordered eating, control issues, perfectionism, and a lifelong hustle for worthiness. But you also claim your story is not over yet. Would you share the first chapter of your story with us? Yes, I would love to. Um, well, it's a sad first chapter. <laughs> it's a lot of dieting and kind of just the cycle of feeling unworthy and trying to diet and change my body and become thinner and become beautiful and meet the worldly standard of beauty in order to earn love. And unfortunately, um, you know, I'm a pretty motivated and type A person. So when I set my mind to dieting, uh, I had some, I've had some extreme weight loss stories in my life. And so they would be quote successful and I would control my food and my body and then get worldly approval from friends and relationships. So it kind of just reinforced this terrible, you know, diet cycle I've been living out in different seasons of life. It started in puberty. I had a, a big, you know, awkward middle school year and um, years, I should say, and kind of really struggled in um, who I was as a person and believed that I needed to uh, be thin and look like other girls to have value and started, um, started really dieting in a aggressive and controlling way as a youngster. And those patterns suit my personality and have been woven into my life for probably 20, 20 years now. And as they were reinforced by, you know, success, quote unquote, and being accepted by others, I kept doing it because I thought it was working. And it took me 20 years to realize it wasn't. You know, I think the, these topics are something that most every woman can relate to. But the, late, the latest chapter of your life includes a spiritual awakening which has shown you that your security comes from God and your worthiness is inherent. So would you share this awakening with us? I would love to, Rachel. It was a literal awakening. Like I had one really powerful day in early August of 2017 where I had an encounter with the Lord and he really showed me that dieting had become an idol in my life. And I was going down the wrong path and I would never get what I wanted from dieting and that he was the answer. And he really challenged me to uh, lay down dieting and, and run to him instead. And I had that big spiritual question of like, can I surrender this? And I realized I needed to. And that was my awakening. I really had a turn your life around, come to Jesus moment um, and was able to finally break that diet cycle through the power of Jesus. You know, it, it must've been quite an awakening. The fact that you re remember the month and you know, the exact year. And oh, so now, yeah. yeah, I mean, so now you actually refer to yourself as ginger in progress. So what does this nickname or pseudonym mean to you now? 
Well, in my early months of that surrender process, um, I was still kind of struggling with those old feelings and beliefs that I still needed to be better um, and that I wasn't, wasn't good enough yet. And I was reading um, a book called She's Still There by Crystal Evans Hurst. And there was a quote in that book that really struck a chord with me. And it was kind of discussing the concept of you're allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. And that literally blew my mind because it helped me to kind of hold both uh, self-acceptance and um, the desire to improve and grow at the same time in a way that was healthy and balanced for me. And it really taught me, you know, that I can be a masterpiece in God's eyes and I am his masterpiece, but I'm also a work in progress because he's not done with me yet. And, and living out how he was growing me and making me more like him um, on our walk was, was something that was really cool to see. And it kind of became my, my little life motto. And so that's why um, I refer to myself as a ginger in progress to kind of remind myself of that lesson. of I'm okay with being both a masterpiece and a work in progress. And I can hold space for both acceptance and change in my life. Mm, that's that's so good. Well, we are recording this podcast right in the midst of the holiday season. So for many of us, or at least me, that means lots of Christmas parties filled with Christmas candy and cookies. But this podcast will actually release in January, which I think is the perfect time for a fresh start for our minds and our bodies. How would you suggest that we start the new year off on the right foot? Well, the first thing that comes to mind um, for me is compassion. I feel like a lot of women who are on um, a weight loss journey or in that diet cycle that I was stuck in are really harsh on ourselves. Like we are our worst critics. We beat ourselves up. We just let all that shame and condemnation from the enemy kind of rest on us in relation to our body. And uh, the powerful antidote to that is compassion and treating ourselves well and learning to see ourselves how, how God sees us. And so I would begin with just kind of accepting grace in the new year and stopping that like shame cycle and that perfectionist tendency um, to, you know, follow a plan, you know, January, I'm sure there's going to be lots of diets starting January one. And um, for the record, I'm against that. <laughs> but if you're going to do it, hold some space for compassion and non-judgment and be kind to yourself. Your desire to change has to come from a place of love and not fear. And that was, you know, that was part of my work in progress realization. Um, so I, I really want to speak uh, compassion and um, non-judgment into women who, who want to pursue health. And the other thing I would say to that is um, if you've never done it before and you want a fresh start, this is a great time to bring God into your health journey. Wow. You know, that was not the answer I expected from you, if I'm being honest, but I love I love that answer. And so I think that segues really well into the, the next question in, or I guess statement. But you say your mission is to help women who are sick of dieting, tired of hating the way that they look and longing for peace. 
and you're honest to say that you are passionate about this topic because as you talked about earlier, you were once a slave to skinny until Jesus set you free. So if a woman listening right now is also feeling like they are a slave to skinny, what tips would you recommend to help her find freedom as well? I think the freedom journey starts with a very uh, long prayerful conversation with the Lord where you take a critical look at what health means to you and what worth means to you. And you have to ask those hard self-reflective questions to really challenge if you have internalized some of those worldly definitions of health and those worldly definitions of worth and beauty. Because a lot of us women believe that our value comes from our physical appearance. And that health has to look a certain way and include certain foods and exclude other foods to quote, be good or quote, clean or whatever it is, whatever plan you're following. And I think this is a time uh, to really challenge those old ways of thinking, because if you're feeling stuck and sick of dieting and tired of hating the way you look, I mean, freedom is going to come when you do something completely new. So doing another diet is not going to bring you freedom. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, um, you, you mentioned that you want to help women heal from the wounds of diet culture and discover as you have that their weight is not their worth. So rather than depending on the scale to give women their worth, how do you suggest that they adjust their self image and measure their worth instead? That is the hardest question. And for me, it was completely breaking from all of the physical uh, things I had ascribed worth to and realizing that it has nothing at all to do with my body. And it has everything to do with who God says I am. So Mm -hmm. worth should be measured by our identity in Christ. And you don't need to look to anything else. There's no external factor that measures worth. And that was a very slow and long lesson for me to learn. Um, but I, you know, I had to give myself affirmations and mantras and pray verses over myself to really let that sink in. It's like, I am, I'm not my body. My body is not my beauty. I am a child of God. I'm not defined by my appearance. I'm not a number on the scale and that kind of thing. <laughs> it, that's not a one and done, um, transition. That's really a process of kind of unlearning all of the things that diet culture has told you about your worth and instead really going in deep with, uh, with what the word of God says about your worth. Mm, Yeah. Well, you also assert that we can make peace with food and our bodies by learning to follow Jesus and not diets. So sort of speak practically to us. Like what, what does that look like in our day-to-day lives? Mm. Following Jesus, not diets on a daily basis for me is uh, intuitive eating from like a Christian perspective. Like I am looking to my body as a source of wisdom because God made it and he made it well. It's a good design. So it's safe to trust my body and listen to it. And I'm letting my body tell me uh, what feels good and I can honor my hunger and learn to respect it. And I can uh, feel my fullness and let my body's internal cues be the thing that drives my, my choices as opposed to external rules 
or plans that, t- that are telling me what to eat and when to eat. I'm throwing all that out and listening instead to what feels good for me and uh, what honors my, my physical health and my body and the Lord in a moment by moment basis. So it's not a very clear picture. Um, and I think practically speaking, it's going to look different for every woman because everybody is different. And um, as you're you know, listening to your body, uh, you're also listening to the Lord. So everything is going to be different because that is unique for each person as well. So um, I would say just for a general rule, it's going to look a lot more like uh, openness and like relaxation around food. It should be less stressful and more peaceful. And uh, there should be a whole lot less judgment (laughs) because we're not judging our choices. We're not criticizing ourselves. We are remaining open and uh, looking at food as a gift from God instead of something that's quote good or quote bad. So it, um, it's just, it's a lot easier. It's effortless. And if you think about it, um, you know, eating in a way that feels good in your body and doesn't have a bunch of external rules on it, it's the way we grew up eating. That's how we ate as children. That's how the body is made and designed to eat. So it's kind of really connecting back with um, God's design and plan. And I think it'll feel very natural once you uh, begin to cleanse your brain of all the dieting brainwash. Mm. Wow. What a great perspective. Well, something else that you talk about is instead of making the impossible choice between self-acceptance and self-improvement, how do we embrace both? Yeah. So this is, this is my big life lesson that I got out of kind of the work in progress, uh, masterpiece, simultaneously piece. And I, in learning that lesson, I realized that I had a couple of misconceptions about acceptance um, that were preventing me from accepting myself and accepting the body that God gave me right now, the life that God gave me and just um, really wrestling with how to accept myself my current weight. And I realized that acceptance is really about non-resistance. It's about stopping that fighting with yourself and stop opposing yourself and make peace with where you are uh, in this season of life in the body you have right now. And self-acceptance doesn't mean you think you're perfect. And it doesn't mean you're giving up on health and throwing in the towel either. Because I had a lot of Uh, fear around that. It's like, oh, but I want, you know, I want to be healthier. I want to feel well. I want to have energy to do the things that I'm passionate about. Self-acceptance doesn't mean, okay, I'm just accepting what is and throwing it in the towel. No, no, no. That was, I don't know why that was so hard for me to learn, but I feel like somebody needed to hear that. And the other piece of acceptance that was difficult is it's not all, you know, it's not, it's not rainbows and unicorns all the time. It doesn't mean you have to love every single thing about yourself. It's more about um, respect and seeing your body as a gift and your life as a gift and respecting that and honoring it. Even if you don't love your thighs, you can still be grateful for them. Mm. (laughs) Yes. I'm grateful for my thighs. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, girl. (laughs) So you mentioned before, you are a big proponent of intuitive eating. So tell us more about this mindset. Yes. So intuitive eating uh, is what the Lord led me to do when I gave up dieting. So as he would have it, 
before he gave me that challenge to surrender dieting, I had been learning about intuitive eating. Uh, there's a book. It was written in the 90s by two um, dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush. And so I had read this book and I had been learning about it without really understanding why I was learning about it. It was interesting to me and it really resonated because it's this approach that is very anti-diet and it's about, you know, rejecting rules and attempts to lose weight and listening to our bodies and accepting our bodies. And so that was speaking to me at a time in my final chapter of dieting when I was struggling so much. I was learning about this and didn't really know I would ever do anything with it. But when the Lord told me to lay down dieting, he had already prepared me to uh, begin intuitive eating in its place. So um, just I like to use the author's definition of it. So uh, I'll sh share that because my um, my definition has so much of my own story in it. I want to be official here. So um, according to the authors, the um, intuitive eating approach is this. It's a dynamic mind-body integration of instinct, emotion, and rational thought. It is a personal process of honoring your health by paying attention to the messages of your body and meeting your physical and emotional needs. It's an inner journey of discovery that puts you front and center and you are the expert of your own body. So to clarify, you know, intuitive eating is written by uh, dietitians. It's not a faith-based book inherently. And it's really written from kind of a practical biological nutritional perspective. But as I was learning about it, I was, um, you know, walking very closely with the Lord and he was showing me how each of the 10 principles really line up with scripture. And I could just make the connections um, as I'm looking about, you know, reject the diet mentality as principle one, to me, that was about rejecting the lies of diet culture that told me I needed to be skinny to be good. And that I needed to pursue weight loss because weight loss would save me. And I could see, well, wow, the Lord certainly rejects that because he loves me as I am and weight loss will not save me. Only Jesus will. Mm. So that, I mean, just right off the bat, that was a great, um, a great connection there. And so, um, so that's principle number one. And the other ones are, um, you know, principle two is about honoring your hunger. And number three is about making peace with food. And number four is challenging the food police. So I really like, um, I really like that one for, um, and to me, the scripture that spoke out of that was to take every thought captive. So when we're making food choices and hearing all of those voices and really wrestling with whether something is uh, a good choice or not and judging ourselves for it, we really need to take those diet thoughts captive and hold them up to the word and say, is this the truth? What does the word say about this? Am I judging myself? Am I being, um, am I coming from a place of fear? And are all these lies about needing to be thin and needing to eat certain types of food? Are these lies from the enemy? Like what, how does this line up? And you kind of have to um, be mindful as you're approaching food and, uh, you know, bring it to the Lord in prayer and, and take it captive. So I think uh, in terms of mindfulness and praying continually and walking closely with the Lord, number four is something that I'm doing all day. And I'm, I'm talking to the Lord all day about food and, um, that is incredibly helpful. 
And let's see, where are we? That was four. So number five is feel your fullness. That's kind of like the inverse principle of honoring your hunger. You're, you're really trusting your body's cues about food and uh, not judging them. And number six is discover the satisfaction factor. So I think diet culture disconnects us with the pleasure of eating and we're afraid of food and we don't enjoy it. And we're worried about what it's going to do to our bodies. And this principle kind of reminds us to enjoy the gift of food because it's a gift from the Lord and it's okay to enjoy it. And food is really a daily opportunity to give thanks. And it's a daily opportunity to celebrate God's goodness and love and provision for us through his gift of food. And, um, so that, uh, I'm a foodie at heart. And so really leaning into satisfaction and um, making peace and space to enjoy food again and think of it as a gift as opposed to part of a meal plan was um, very, very healing for my relationship with food and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, so now I'm interested in eight. <laughs> right? we're on eight? Oh, we're on seven. Sorry, I'm almost we're on out. seven. I'm <laughs> So the number seven is to cope with your feelings without using food. And um, I think that was so just on its face. I mean, of course, we turn to God for comfort. And he's the one that we should take our problems to because he can offer us comfort that food can't. And that's not to say there's not um, space for feeling emotional and eating like there's no judgment around that. That's a coping skill that some of us need to use because we don't have any other coping skills available. But this principle challenges us to be mindful if we're making that choice and then invites us into instead, like really running to God instead of food. And so that, uh, that can be a very powerful way to increase, um, increase faith and heal your relationship with food. And, uh, number eight is respecting your body. So for me, that one's, that one's all about, you know, remembering that we're wonderfully made and not judging ourselves by worldly standards of beauty and remembering that we're masterpieces. So this, this one was been a favorite of mine and, um, you know, respecting your body includes kind of ditching that comparison trap that we fall into in this culture and, learning how to see ourselves as God sees us. And so I think that one's a really important one um, that there's so many scriptures that speak to me into that principle. And um, that's also a difficult one because we're really challenging how we view ourselves. And I think a lot of women really struggle the way I did in viewing myself strictly and what I see in the mirror and what I see on the scale and to have a new sense of identity that makes room for respecting your body and and having gratitude for your body is uh, not easy, but so, so powerful. Mm -hmm. And then um, number nine, uh, the ninth principle is exercise, feel the difference. So uh, this is about embracing movement as something that can be joyful and something that can be worship and we don't have to ruin movement by making it all about weight loss so you know just get out there and move in a way that feels good that's how like the body was made to be active and to move and we don't need to worry about what counts as exercise according to diet culture we can just care for our bodies 
by moving it and being active in a way that we enjoy. And that's, you know, when done in the right heart space, that that can be worship. Mm-hmm. And then the final component is the hardest one. Um, and I'm still sort of navigating the finer points of this one, but it's honor your health with, with gentle nutrition. And it's, um, this is where um, we are learning to treat our bodies like temples in the sense that we're respecting it and stewarding it well. This is not like a, there's a perfect way to eat thing. Not at all. We're just learning to use food to uh, nourish us and eat in a way that honors our whole health, our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, and recognizing that when we use nutrition appropriately in an honoring way to our bodies, we're also honoring the Lord. I love how you have um, incorporated scripture into all of these and that God is such a big part of this journey. And, um, you know, for me, (laughs) just sharing briefly. So my dad growing up, and I love my father, but he growing up, he would always, it was like the clean plate club. So (laughs) whether, whether you were still hungry or not, we didn't waste food. And so if it was on your plate, you ate it all. And so I see now how that even like has carried over to my journey now. And so how much food for me really is my Achilles heel. And so as you keep talking, I'm like, oh, that's me. (laughs) That's me. Like I need so much help in this area. And the way that you are describing it, you know, I I, for so long I thought, well, this is a self-discipline issue or this is a, why can't I? why can't I, like, here I am 36 years old, and why, why, is, why can I not defeat this? Why can I not get victory in this, in this area? And so, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, as I'm listening, I'm thinking, I think I, I, my mindset has been so wrong <laughs> my, whole, my whole life, and I have children now, and so it's like, how do I, as a, as a parent, you know, although this is like, this is a scar of mine. It's a scab of yours. I just learned about that, this, how like you have already healed from this journey, but mine is still like a scab. So it's still like, I'm, I'm still waving or navigating through it. Um, and I think that that's why your, your experience is so valuable. And what you're sharing is because you've been there, you understand, you can sympathize and empathize with all of us um, and say, this is what I've learned. And this is how you can get past it and have victory in these areas. So Anyway, all that to say, I love everything, everything you're saying. Oh, I'm um, so glad. Thank you for saying that. I think your point about the clean plate club, though, that's a lot of people's experience. And we don't even realize there's little, um, you know, little seeds or little issues or little lies that have been planted that, um, you know, have grown and grown into issues in, you know, over the course of our lives. So everybody has a food story and everybody has a relationship with food. And everybody can benefit from inviting God into that and asking him if there's anything that needs to be weeded out or anything that we need him to heal. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's interesting too, how I'm thinking like, you know, for a lot of addictions, well, I'm, 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 I'm talking off the cuff right now, but we have to have food, you know, food is always around. It's not like you can just say, I'm not going to eat ever again anymore. You know, you, you literally, you, you can't live without it. And so, um, and the fact that it's, it's always surrounding us. Like we eat when we're happy, we eat when we're sad, we eat to celebrate, we eat to mourn, you know, it's, it's, 
it's there and we have to learn how to navigate this in, in a healthy, in a healthy way, which is what, um, which is what you're guiding us through. Um, and so y- you have shared that you hope through your ministry that women can discover the faith fueled freedom filled and abundant life after dieting, which sounds super appealing to me. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what does this kind of life look like for you personally? Oh, it's so peaceful and I have so much more joy now, Uh, just on like a practical day-to-day basis. I'm not worried about food all day. I'm not thinking about what I've just eaten and what it's going to do and what I'm eating next and what I need to meal prep for the rest of the week. And my mind was so racing and negative and full of food thoughts before (laughs) or or workout thoughts too, because that was just as much of a problem. And I don't, I don't think like that anymore. It's just a completely new approach that is so calm and so open. And it's just not a stress anymore. I know that I can trust my body. I'm not worried about what to eat because I'm going to let my body speak into that. And I'm going to let the Lord speak into that. And I just don't have to stress about it anymore. And it's just created this huge opening in my life that is full of energy and is well-rested and is not stressed. And that's why I have you know, this ministry now, I have purpose in my life that is not weight loss. And it just feels so amazing. Mm, yeah. You know, the girls at the gym and I, you know, cause it's always, we're working out and it's like, well, did, did anybody lose anything or I need to work on this area or whatever, you know, the conversations are. And the other day I just had the thought, like, I'm looking at all my friends. I'm like, you all are beautiful. Like, There's nothing I would change about you. And then I thought, when is it ever going to be enough? You know, like we're never going to like, there's always going to be something else that we're striving to look like or do until we get this freedom that you're talking about. That is exactly it. That is exactly what I had to like. That was part of my, my awakening. I had just done like the final last extreme diet and I was still dissatisfied. It still wasn't Mm -hmm. enough. And, mm-hmm. and I took reaching a goal and still not being satisfied to recognize that I was putting satisfaction there and it didn't belong there. That was mm-hmm. never going to satisfy me and it would never be enough. It's not meant to be. I mean, diet, dieting is always moving that finish line on you. And even when you cross it, you're worried about maintaining it or you've got to go to the next level. And it's just, it's a cycle that is designed uh, my future podcast co-host Charlie Castle calls it like it's designed to keep women running on treadmills Mm. and figuratively. And um, as someone who personally hates running, I'm that is not joyful movement for me and I don't do it. That, (laughs) that spoke volumes because I was forcing myself to run. Mm. That is a good analogy. Yes. Yeah. Well, and um, I was just thinking when you said we can't find satisfaction out of the diets and the exercise, but really the only source of satisfaction. And I feel like as I'm listening to your messages, the only thing that will ever satisfy is the Lord. Like, that's it. Like we're running this rat race with our bodies and um, but the Lord is the only one that can ever satisfy. Amen. Yes, that is exactly it. And when we, when we kind of, hold up that desire to lose weight and ask ourselves like, what is this really about? Like, what do I believe weight loss is going to give me? 
And for me, the answer to that was love and belonging and acceptance. And I went, oh, wait a minute. I have that right now. I can accept that from Jesus right now. I'm not earning it. I don't earn love. I can stop all this performance. I already have it. Um, that was that was like the powerful aha moment <laughs> where I realized that um, you know it was it was I was on a fool's errand with weight loss and and I just all I needed was Jesus. Mm, so good. Amen to that. Well, so on every episode, I like to ask each of my listeners who has been the extraordinary giver in your life. So, Erin, would you tell us who first comes to mind for you? My mama. Mm. My mother is just a selfless and generous giver. And she, um, she I, I've always known my answer to this question. And I, and I think about it every time I hear you ask your guests that it's, um, I say a little prayer for her because she's such an example and um, I am so blessed to have her as mama. Well, to tailor this question specifically to you and your topic, how can we give extraordinarily to ourselves um, for our minds and our bodies? Um, I think giving uh, ties back in to the compassion piece that I was talking about earlier. I think we really need to give ourselves um, compassion and accept the grace that we already have and not be so hard on ourselves. If we can find a way to, even if you have to pray to say it like, Lord, I cannot see myself as you see me. If you can get those eyes of faith to see yourself the way the Lord sees you, um, you will start treating yourself with kindness and generosity and uh, treating your body with respect and really being able to um, create space in your mind when you're taking those diet thoughts captive. And I think giving, um, giving to yourself is, is really about being kind and compassionate and not judgy, <laughs> not shameful and kind of just rejecting all of those, all of those ways that diet culture teaches us to treat our bodies as objects to be viewed and worked on. And seeing yourself um, in a different way is the best gift you can give yourself. Mm. Well, okay. So for listeners out there that are interested in more learning more about this intuitive eating, you actually have a free guide on your website, which I actually have already downloaded, but you've got lots of good resources. And so would you share with listeners how they can get that and how they can keep in contact with you? Yeah. So thank you. They're going to want to come over to the Ginger in Progress blog, which is just erinltodd.com. And I have that, um, you know, intuitive eating starter kit for Christian women. That's going to give you something you can hold in your hands to kind of break down the initial 10 principles. And um, I've also included some key verses and some affirmations and stuff that I've used some additional resources. And then like a little head to toe, um, pre-meal kind of checklist that invites you to um, get mindful and bring in the Holy Spirit into your whole process of uh, thinking through your choices with food and tuning into your body and tuning into the spirit with that. So I want everybody who is interested in intuitive eating to go to go grab that starter kit. And, um, you know, I'm writing blog posts and stuff about this kind of topic all the time. So I would love to have, um, have your listeners come over and check that out. 
And eventually, I'm hoping in the coming weeks, uh, as I mentioned, my future podcast co-host, uh, Charlie Kaff and I are going to be launching an intuitive eating for Christian women podcast once we get our episodes recorded. So I'm, I'm praying that that's going to be a resource for women who want to learn more about this and um, want an introduction so that they can start, you know, prayerfully kind of walking through these questions with the Lord and figuring out if, if they're ready to uh, go on this journey, following Jesus, not diet. Mm, I love it. So Aaron, thank you so much for being my guest today. Uh, Aaron and I, we, we hope that you listeners will find inspiration and encouragement today that will help you on your own health journey and faith journey and discover as Aaron has the fundamental connection between the two. God bless you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope and pray that you were encouraged by my conversation with Aaron to start this new year off on the right foot with our health and our spiritual walk with the Lord. Make sure that you follow my guest Aaron by going to Rachel Adams Author on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find all of her links in the show notes there as well as on my website at rachelkadams.com. You all, the podcast comes out every single Tuesday with a new guest. Next week is my friend Leslie Verner. She is going to be talking about her book, Love Where You Live. You're not going to want to miss that episode. And if you haven't done so yet, would you do me the biggest favor of going to your favorite listening platform where you listen to podcasts? And if you would please review and rate and subscribe to the Love Offering Podcast, I would greatly appreciate that. Well, I guess that's it for now. You all have a great day and I will see you next week. Remember, until then, always lead with love.